Hello and welcome to episode number 579 of Android App Addicts, brought to you on the PodNuts Podcast Network. This Thursday, the 13th of January, 2022. Our Patreon sponsor today is Joseph Van Pelt. Many thanks to Joseph and your generous support of this channel since October 2017. My name is Ivor Davies, and if you're wondering about my accent, I'm coming to you today from the other end of the world in New Zealand. So I'm actually 18 hours ahead on the international dateline. He may be behind me in terms of, uh, uh, of time zones, but in all other respects, he's well ahead of me, especially when it comes to Android tech, Mr. Stephen McLaughlin, a.k.a. the door-to-door geek. Unfortunately, our resident beaver enthusiast, John Josh Denis, is unable to make it today, but I'm sure we'll see him again very soon, perhaps even next week. We seem to be setting a continuity record here with this being the third podcast in as many weeks, a rare event if you've been trying to listen to us at any time over the last six months, but long may it continue. Door, there's a nasty rumour going around, certain social media circles, that you have a tattoo of Leo Laporte on your left butt cheek. What do you say to that? No, I have no tattoos ever. Uh, while I did for the longest time call Leo Uncle Leo, oh, yeah. and, and Podnuts does owe its initial boost in listenership to the uh, Tech Guy podcast. Um, no, no tattoos. Was a step too far? No, no, just uh, Uncle Leo. It, there was a time where he was extremely relevant, and I was extremely admirable. I admired him and his success a lot for a long period of time. I thought of him as being like the tech version of Johnny Carson. But Johnny would never have made some of the choices he made is the way I'm going to put it. So he, he's fine doing what he does, but I maybe now subscribe to one out of ten of his podcasts. Yeah, I don't. I used to, like you, I used to listen to them all the time, especially the All About Android uh, podcast, which I thought was really good. But um, I found the politics got a bit too heavy, uh, tough to take at some st- stage. I might go back to it at some stage and, and see what he's got to say. There was some good stuff on there. Um, the other rumor is you've got a, a single board computer embedded in your brain. I wish. Um, not yet. Very soon. And sorry, Eric, I just fixed the YouTube stream. The beginning, we were not transmitting audio correctly, but trust me, there was audio there. Um, no, I mean, I am a single board fanatic, I like to believe. Um, I have my Raspberry Pi 3 running my um, Diet uh, Pi version of um, um, a Pi Hole, so no ads on my internal network. Right next to it, I have my Raspberry Pi, Pi 4 running Twister OS, which is running my um, streaming monitoring rig, monitoring the health of my other computers rigs and doing some light show notes. Uh, another mini computer right next to that, Rock64, running my NextCloud instance where I do all my file sharing uh, and some security stuff that is on there. And then in my garage, I have my Raspberry Pi 3 running my Octoprint server when I get the nudge up to 3D print something. Um, and there was an announcement literally yesterday of a desktop-like single-board computer, 8-core ARM processor, 16 gigs of RAM, like 140 bucks, and I, mm, I might pull the trigger on that one. Hopefully more people like Josh Van Pelt, or Joseph Van Pelt, sorry, can uh, get some money into us so we can uh, so we can help you buy that that new computer. Yeah, and don't be shocked if Josh does jump in. I'm pretty sure the second we count him out to not showing up is when he's going yeah, to show up. Yeah, so he, is, he has done this in the past. So he's welcome to join us at any yeah. time. How you been anyway? Yeah, and I mean, technically, um, I've been okay. Um, I had a test on the 4th. Tested positive, had a test on the 10th, tested positive. So tomorrow I'm going to go have another test. Hopefully I don't test positive then. Um, my work said, well, you can still come back to work. I said, just because you said I can come back to work does not mean I feel completely 
confident and safe about going back to work. So not I miss you because you can't work from home, can you? Uh, now, in the past three weeks, they've changed teleworking policies four times to where now everybody telecommutes 100% of the time again. But my belief that's only going to happen for maybe two weeks. Yeah, but I understand some organizations. I, I worked for a, a place a while ago, and they did not have a they did have a remote access solution, um, but it was very bad. You had to actually have your computer turned on at your desk, and you just had to use remote login um, from your home computer on a separate separate machine to to use it, and it wasn't uh, wasn't very cool. Uh, so I hope they've changed. I'm, I'm pretty sure they would have changed that access. Right. Yeah. And the two quickies. One, Eric. I'd always much rather. This is one thing that Leo Laporte did tell me. You always want the listener to have to go turn the volume down versus turn the volume up because you'll always have a listener that can't turn it up any louder. So you always want to have your content to be as loud as possible. So loud's good. Um, two, I kind of do the same thing. I'm not gonna lie. I work work computer, work laptop, VPN in. I can do everything on that laptop, but I also have a desktop at work. When I have network intensive things I got to do, I do it on that box. Because it literally takes like you know ten times shorter amount of time. Like if I have to do some really serious database querying and then sorting after the fact, I do that on my desktop rig. Well, I've been um, stuck at home on my own for the last few days. My wife and, and um, children have left me to go on holiday up in um, up in the Bay of Plenty, uh, and they'll be there until Sunday. So uh, I've been here on my own, looking after the sheep and the cat. It's been um, it's been great. It's uh, well, I have obviously missed my wife and kids very much, but uh, I've uh, eaten a lot of protein. Just, right, you say they went there. All I could hear in my head was that they went to Bonnie Doon. <laughs> Bonnie Doon, yeah, they just went to Bonnie Doon. That's uh, it's our default uh, holiday location. Right. Well, then it seems to me like you got your the one Christmas present that every father's been asking for for like the last three years. Left alone. <laughs> which is peace and quiet. Peace and quiet. Yeah. Well, the cat's a bit annoying sometimes. Well, you know, if cats aren't annoying, you can be rest assured they're dead. <laughs> I have to remember that one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. Say, so, um. My menu uh, for eating alone is uh, consisting of a lot of steak and potatoes. That's good. That's good. Yeah, steak, steak's always good. Um, I will say I'm getting, I think, a lot better at my final surveying of my proteins, my steaks, chickens, and pork chops, to where I put just a little bit of butter in the pan, just enough to cover the bottom of the pan, turn it up as hot as I can possibly get it to where the smoke alarm is nearly going off. Pull the, pull the steak out of the sous vide, pat dry it, and throw it in the pan for like 10 seconds per side, and it gets that nice, crisp um, sear on the outside. Some people even use a blowtorch. Yeah. I, I try. My blowtorch is literally only that big, and it's a genetic problem. Um, I need a bigger blowtorch. <laughs> you know, it, it, just does, it just takes too long. Okay. Well, that's enough about um, protein. What have you got for us in the world yeah. of uh, Android tech? Um, well, I mean, the first one I wanted to bring, it is, I believe it's technically a Kickstarter thing, and I really do not like bringing uh, crowdfunded things without them being from either a really credited source, somebody who's done crowdfunding before and was very successful, or it's something that I just cannot stop thinking could be really useful. And unfortunately, this is only the second of the two. Um, I'm going to pronounce this uh, Domethics, Domethics. Um, and it says on Hacks.io, Domethics aims to turn your old smartphones into smart home power houses with RDO. Um, the, the long and the short of it is everybody, everybody in 2022 has old smartphones laying around. Um, it's just a fact of life. Um, th what this aims to do is to basically turn that into more of a home hub 
type solution that can handle things. If you're familiar at all with Home Assistant uh, IO, it's trying to do some of that where it can monitor like a motion sensor kind of monitoring thing. It can do home reminders kind of thing. It can do facial recognition. So technically I could have my kids' faces mapped into it and say, when Danny walks in the kitchen, remind him to dust or stuff like that. Um, I'll just put it like this. This is the kind of thing I find extremely interesting because you want to take advantage of things you already have. Like everyone has the old cell phone. So I just, I'm interested to see if this is going to get any traction whatsoever. Because if it gets any traction whatsoever, I'll, I will deem it a success. Um, and then real quick, it is going to have uh, built into it Zigbee and Z-Wave communication ability, where if you already have smart outlets, smart plugs, or smart devices that use those protocols, it could work again. Uh, no mention about the next generation IoT protocol called Matter. I didn't see it mentioned that, but I'll just say it, it's interesting to me. I want these kinds of things to be more successful to drive the prices down and hopefully become a little bit more um, accessible to everybody. Yeah, because I think there's nothing new about using an old smartphone to control your smart home or your smart home devices. But this seems to be a more innovative way of um, doing that. Uh, Promising, but uh, I noticed in the chat, Swift says um, he's got a lot of old smartphones, but the screens are all either busted or don't power on. There's usually... uh, you know, the reason we have these old cell phones sitting in the drawer is because there's a problem with them. Um, got one that, that works okay, yeah, you, you might be fine, but if you've got some old busted ones in there that have got issues, like I think uh, the main problem with old cell phones is mainly their battery life. They, they don't tend to last very long. Right. Well, I'll say if you already preemptively prepared for a broken screen, and I had to say that very slowly, then you could have like VNC type software in and you could hypothetically control this from a laptop or desktop then um, if you thought about it ahead of time. Um, this, I believe, only needs uh, Wi-Fi um, access, but I do know that they did mention that it, it is, you know, mobile network compatible. I, for one, would never pay a mobile fee for something that's going to sit in my house 24-7, even if I'm worried about my Wi-Fi going down, even if I'm worried about a power outage and a burglar. No, I'm not paying a monthly mobile data fee. Well, that seems like a great idea. Certainly um, gives people a reason to use, to start reusing their, their old devices that are just sitting in a drawer doing nothing. Right. Or, or quite literally right now, you can go out and get like really cheap burner phones. Don't initiate the contract for less than like 60 bucks. So even if you didn't have one sitting around, there are affordable, in air quote, solutions besides going to eBay or Swap. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I use an old cell phone for my um, security camera. Well, not so for my security camera. I've got a security camera that's linked to my cell phone, my old cell phone, and I've, I've got it sitting out here on my desk and looking out for, for goats coming up onto my deck. <laughs> right. Um, I've, uh, I've got an, uh, an article here. Well, it's, it's not so much an article, but a tweet. Um, I don't know if you've seen this already. This came through from MKBHD, who's, who's Mark S. Brownlee. He's got a very successful YouTube channel, um, which deals with uh, mobile tech and, well, just technology in general. He's very popular. But he's talking about the Pixel 6 Pro, which is um, saying it's slowly gotten so buggy since its launch that he can no longer recommend it at $900. Combined with the latest botched update, it's just been a bad experience. He's put his SIM back in his S21 Ultra till the next review. Now, for a guy like Marquez with the following he's got, to come out with a with a tweet like this about the latest Pixel is um, it's quite bad news I think for Go- for Google and kind of uh, indicative of the issues that they've always had with their hardware um, around Pixel phones 
not really getting any better, despite them buying, um, who was it, HTC's hardware division. Yep. Uh, what I'll say is, it doesn't matter. It's already too late. 99.9% of all Pixel 6 Pro purchases have already been done in its lifetime. I have no problem saying that. Um, so they've already made, if they're going to make any money off of it, they already did. Um, but I will say, to me, if I had to guess, the only time you have an issue over time, it isn't the operating system. It really isn't. It's the quality of internal EMMC hard drive storage that they used. Um, with in one, The thing I know about internal EMMCs is there's now many, many, many different types of standards you can get, whether it's single channel, dual channel, multi-channel, whatever. Um, they each are different quality, different speeds, different error rates. Um, it wouldn't shock me if that's where they decided to chintz out on the phone is in the EMMC because there's always going to be a bottleneck. Sometimes it's the bus, sometimes it's the RAM, sometimes it's the um, um, Wi-Fi antenna or the mobile data antenna. I'm going to guess the um, bottleneck on this is going to be the EMMC degrading over time. And I do believe he's right, and I also believe he is an intense user of his devices. Yes, um, particularly cameras. If he's seeing it, right, if he's seeing it in, you know, six months, it would probably take the normal user a year and a half to see the same issue. Uh, just interesting to because he's normally pretty um, pretty enthusiastic about the pixels, um, and he, he acknowledges well, that they are a more of a budget option than the iPhone. But you know, he, for him to come out with this kind of negative comment is um, quite quite damning, I think, for for Google. Yeah, it is. But you got to also remember, he's not going to say this kind of thing about Samsung. He's not going to say this kind of thing about the big brands because he gets everything for free. He can say this about Google because it's Google. Um, you know what I mean? Nobody is like, you know, going to change their entire family purchases based upon this thing. Because you have entire families buying iPhones, entire families buying Sony's, entire families buying Samsungs. I never heard of entire families buying yeah, Pixel. Pixel has never been a big contributor to sales. Um, but so this was interesting. No, but no, but I do believe it. I'll put it like this: I do believe he's right. I do believe uh, what he's saying is accurate as far as his perception of reality is. But I do believe because of the success of that Tensor processor, it doesn't matter what he says, the Pixel 7 is going to be more successful than the 6, which is more successful than the 5. Noticing a trend. Well, I mean, with that Tensor processor, I've never heard anybody who I respect as a being a tech-knowledgeable person say how that was a very bad choice or how it is not performing like X, Y, or Z. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the way it should go, but it sounds like they're not, they haven't got their software sorted out yet around it. So, yeah, the... Yeah, I mean, in my experience, Google is no Apple. Google um, is, you know, I don't want to say they're like Microsoft, but it seems like Microsoft can't put out anything that's perfect. There has to be something that's like a critical flaw in everything they put out. So maybe uh, Google is doomed to do the same. Of kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let me do a quick copy-paste. And now what I got was actually, it was a recommendation from my oldest son. Um. He typically is very hesitant, is what I'm going to put it, about recommending anything to me because A, 99% of the things he talks about I knew about, you know, six months ago or kind of thing. Or he, I think he fears I'm going to just look at him like he's an idiot, which is fair. That's a very fair thing to worry about. Um, but this one actually did catch my eye a little bit. I did play with it for just five minutes and I got what it was trying to do. It is called Wild True Learn in Brackets by Nin. Naval International, it's under educational application, which I can't believe my son on his own downloaded an educational application. I'm pretty sure we're going to have some worlds exploding or something. Um, yeah, uh, 
E for everyone. It is added to the family library right now. Currently 728 reviews, uh, 4.6 average reviews, uh, updated October 29th, 2020. So well over a year ago, uh, 144 megs in size, 10,000 plus installs, current version 1.2.94. You need Android 6 and up. Content rating, get E for everyone. Permission, um, yeah, I would say it needs next to no access is the way I'm going to put it. Um, and what this is, um, this looks like it's not using a real, in air quote, programming language, programming structure, programming interface or anything. Okay. But what it's trying to do is it's trying to help people understand how to do technical problem solving is the way I'm going to put it. Um, a lot of the interface is like the, um, scratch. It's a lot like the old, uh, Google, um, um, app builder where you just drag and drop pieces around and you can like build, build automation routines is the way I'm going to put it. Um, now the real reason I'm okay with this, not being a real inadequate programming language or a real IDE or a real in- interface is right now. My current nine to five job is 100% dealing with something, an application, an infrastructure, a coding base, verbiage, lingo standards that don't exist anywhere else except by this one company that's making it. So it, it's literally the kind of one-off offshoot that could have been put into a game and no one would know it's a real thing. Um, it's um, low-code programming is what I do. This looks like it's more of no-code programming, which is it's, it's an actual thing out there. So if you like digital problem solving or you want to have someone learn digital problem solving and how to do you know, and or gates and a lot of basic things like that. This was actually pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie. How long did your son spend on, on it? Is, is it engaging or did he spend five minutes and then put it down? Uh, he was on his second week of playing it for at least a little bit every day when he mentioned it to me, um, which shocked me because, yes, he typically picks stuff up and puts it down. Was, um, last Christmas, we got my, my son a um, little robot that you put together like a Lego set and um, you program it on your computer using Scratch, and it can do a series of uh, actions like turn right, turn left, go straight ahead for this distance, and um, you have to program it in, in Scratch to, to do those things. Um, got the hang of it really easily, but it, um, so maybe I should uh, show this to him and see if he uh, takes it any further. Well, and like the only caveat I'll give about this is to me, I needed a tablet or a Chromebook screen in order to be really able to see everything and grasp everything. He was perfectly fine being on a phone. Cool. Um, I yeah. um, I wanted to go on a little bit of a rant for a little while because I haven't done that for a while. Um, but over the last week, I've been uh, having a look on the Android on the Google Play Store for apps that I could bring for the show. Um, and what I like to do is try and bring apps that are, um, are kind of useful to me in in real life. You know, um, in my own life. So um, I've been having a, an increasingly difficult time finding any decent apps that sort of fit those criteria. Plenty of games, I suppose, I could do, but I'm kind of losing interest. The older I get, the, the, I lose interest in games more. Um, and Eric, no, it's not a China rant. <laughs> this is this is a Google rant. Um, so I, I have spent a bit of time in the F-Droid store uh, looking for open source apps. And the difference uh, between the I noticed between the F-Droid and the Google Play Store is night and day. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, it's night and day. The, the the kind of apps I'm finding on the on the F-Droid store are far more useful, far more practical. Uh, they're designed and developed with um, regular people in mind. They're not not really. Uh, they don't have that uh, advertising incentive for people. They're just really 
apps that, that appear to be built by developers for people. I don't know, Dory, have you seen much time on the Asteroid store lately? Uh, not lately, but over time I am well versed with it. Um, you say normal people, and I have to say normal as far as you see. Huh. Um, the Android store, the Android Google Play store is for the normal people who don't know nothing. I call them the, I call them the straights. Um, for, for nerds or people who like to geek out and get more into productivity, more into organization, more into development, more into programming, more into hands-on control thing, that's where Eptroid is their home. Well, I kind of like, I believe in using technology to improve my life or to make it easier. And so if I can use uh, an Android app that uh, will do things for me that makes my life easier, then I'm I'm very happy. But uh, I, I fully accept that other people aren't really looking for it. They just want to play a game or they want to, you know, they don't really care too much about the privacy concerns. But if you if you are, um, as Dor puts it, a dork or a, or a nerd, um, check out the F-Droid store. Um, so one of the things that uh, I've come across on the F-Droid store is um, an app called Show YouTube Dislikes. Uh, I don't know if you remember back, back in November. I'll just put the link in the chat here. Back in November, YouTube suddenly decided to stop um, showing YouTube, uh, showing dislikes uh, and the, the ratio of likes to dislikes on, on YouTube. So there was a website that was set up called um, returnyoutubedislikes.com. So you can go to returnyoutubedislikes.com, and this app is basically uh, an appified version of that website. Basically what, how it works is that you put in uh, the YouTube URL, you can share uh, directly from, from the YouTube app itself or, or from uh, on the phone uh, directly to the share, show YouTube dislikes. And it just shows you a very simple display of the number of likes to dislikes and the ratio that you've got there. How it does it, I don't know. Um, obviously, people can still show their dislikes when, they, when they're watching a YouTube video. Um, but yeah, it's just a simple, very simple little app like this that I thought was... Um, was an innovative approach to, to providing apps for people who, who want you know to improve their lives or to show to get information that a lot of people may not have access to otherwise. Yeah, and I'll say um, I do like the fact that everything in F-Troid is vettable. Um, and what I mean is you as a user can look at all of the source code to anything you get on F-Troid. That, that is, I think, the rule to submitting apps on F-Troid. Um, so because of that, like you said, it is not uh, click-driven. It is not ad-driven. It is not driven by commercial goals. It's just trying to put out better apps. Um, yeah, somehow um, YouTube is still storing the number of dislikes, and it is still publicly accessible via API calls, but it's not serviceable in their app or the default YouTube experience. Um, and I get, and here's the thing, I don't want to say it like this, but I get why they're hiding the dislikes. Because in this supercharged, politically correct time, you can't say bad stuff. So if you can't say bad stuff, you can't show how many dislikes there are. And I think really the reason they started this was because they got so incredibly butthurt when they put out that year in review, year in review maybe 2019, and it received like 10 times more dislikes than likes because it was so bad. Yeah, but I mean, so what? You know, wouldn't it be more valuable to them to know that people don't like what they're doing? I suppose they know that, but they don't want to show other people that they're doing badly. What is it? Well, I'll say in the true algorithm of youtube um the worst thing you can do is watch a video and then go to your history no no i'm sorry the worst thing you can do is watch only the first couple of seconds of a video and stop watching it the next worst thing you can do is watch the video to its completion then go to your history and say remove from history the next worst thing you can do is click down and the good thing you can do is click up so quite literally 
The next best thing you can do to saying like is saying dislike as far as the algorithm is concerned. Because, and the truth is, we all know negative content drives people to watch and share more negative content. And, in and general. the internet proves, again, that basically you can do what you like, um, but you're not going to hide everything from everybody. Well, for now, until they decide that you can no longer access this data via API, which I don't think they're going to do unless it becomes incredibly popular for popular YouTubers to say, well, that other person had, you know, 18,000 dislikes, and here's how you can see it. But I don't expect them to do that. Yeah, they would let creators who are putting their videos up there to um, to determine themselves whether they want to show the dislike-to-like ratios. Leave it up to um, the creators themselves as to whether they want to show it. That would make sense. That would absolutely, absolutely make sense. And I'll say, and I'll take just a quick second to say, if you do like, let's say, five apps in F-Droid, at least go through the description of one of them, find how you can support them, and at least send them a buck or two, just because they don't get any other support any other way. Also, I would mention that just because it's open source doesn't mean it's completely secure either. Um, so to be be careful about this sort of... Because uh, it uh, doesn't have the same controls that the Google Play Store. All right. And it's not updated typically as frequently as the Google Play Store is. So if there is even something accidentally in the app that makes it less secure, it might take longer for it to get the update. Might. Um, but yes, when um, Google Play, they do their scraping and figuring out if an app is malicious. F-Droid relies on its users to look at the source code to see if something is m- malicious. Very cool. Very good find. Um, the app that I found is is because I heard many people talk about having to pay, like, good money to get teleprompter solutions, spending like hundreds of bucks, and I don't understand it, where you can literally go on Amazon and buy this... Uh, um, isosceles triangle extruded out where you can put a phone or tablet in it that has a two-way mirror in it to where you can look directly at the camera yet you can see the text that you have scripted ready to say it literally costs like 10 bucks 20 bucks it's super dirt cheap and then uh, here is an app that you can download on uh, github which basically you can run on windows mac or linux um, or android which is why i bought it because it really does fit phone, tablet, form, factor, size, and you can load this out. It's called Q-Prompt, and it is a pun, C-U-E-Prompt, but it's spelled Q-P-R-O-M-P-T, and it basically allows you to use your Windows, Mac, Linux, or Android device as a teleprompter where you can easily load text in it, and you can easily uh, control the speed of it and just, you know, have yourself a homegrown teleprompter. Yeah, this looks really good. I mean, to actually have have a go at it before our session today, but um, I never got around to it. But I think I might uh, have a try at it um, next week, see how we go. Yeah, um, I will say the true pro things typically have dedicated controls where you can speed up, slow down, or pause prompting. Um, if you do this on a laptop, up, down, up, down arrow, and space bar controls the speed and flow. On Android, you might have to do like a, a Bluetooth keyboard connection to it to get like some advanced controls. So the um, GitHub link here provides the APK file for download. It gives you, yeah, it gives you the choices to where you can download it for Windows, Mac, Linux, or for the APK file. Got it. I downloaded it just on my phone, saw that it worked, downloaded it on my work laptop, and it seemed like it just did what it's advertised. You load text in a file, and it auto-scrolls um, it for you. Okay, um, so, oh, now, do we have any emails? I don't think we do, do we? Uh, no emails, just a really quick comment to the community at large. Actually, two quick community co- comments. One, 
uh, somebody approached us late December asking about doing ads for January. Well, I learned from people much smarter than myself in the past, when you don't want to do something, then you quote a number that there's no way they're going to say yes to. So if they do say yes to it, at least you're getting paid what you consider to be okay so money. Thing, um, uh, yeah. So I said enough money to where me, Josh, and Ivor could get a decent computer and pay all of the taxes on it throughout the year kind of thing. And of course, we haven't heard back from them yet. Well, no, not that. So if you hear in the next couple of weeks an ad on this show, trust me, it's not because I like the product. It's because I like the money. <laughs> Um, because quite literally, my main rig was a donated uh, HP i7 laptop from like seven years ago, like five years ago, six years ago. My main desktops are at least seven or eight years old. So it would be nice to have something, you know, new is what I'm going to say. Now with that, right now with that, um, yeah, we do not have any emails, but do not forget, super easy, AAA at podnuts.com. Um, you can send us a voicemail at 7076-PODNUT. You can send us uh, messages in either Discord, on Twitter. Uh, you can try to send them on Facebook, but I don't know if I'm going to see it. Um, or you could send them on YouTube itself. And don't forget the Voxer chat. If you ever want to download and install Voxer, join the AAA chat. We uh, have a usually have a good conversation going on there on a daily basis. So come along and join us there. Yeah, and it's super easy to join. Um, now, the quick tangent I want to go on, you had your tangent, I have mine. Um, we did have some Google News happen in the last like two weeks. Some of it was CES-related. And some of it was just news in general kind of thing. The one thing that I was close to, we had our predictions and I was talking about how offloading computing power from one Android device or one Google device to another Google device to try to make everything be a little bit more synergistic. And I was so close. I was so close. Less than a week later, they announced basically they want to be able to have seamless integration with your Android messages and your Android notifications and your Android experience on any Chromebook, any MacBook, or any Windows, or any Mac, or any Windows computer. So what I'm thinking they're going to do is how we used to have back in the day when you installed Chrome, it also installed a behind-the-scenes app updater. So what I'm going to guess is next time, soon when you go to install Chrome, it's going to ask about purposely keeping it open in the notification area. So if you get a text message or um, a, a phone call or an email, you'll be prompted on that computer. Um, they also mentioned they're going to have much more quick connect capabilities to where it'll be extremely easy to connect your headphones to your phone, to your tablet, to your laptop, and easily connect your phone to your laptop or your desktop kind of thing. Um, so that's the kind of synergistic thing it turns out they're going to work on here in 2022. Yeah, well, one thing I always liked about Chromebooks was um, you could connect your um, phone via Bluetooth. And whenever you came within 10 meters of your of your Chromebook, it would automatically unlock. And you could, you could turn it on and off if you want. But um, yeah, that was extremely useful because I have a extremely long convoluted password. I don't want to keep entering it every time I, I log into a Chromebook. Yeah, and I do the same thing, uh, but with my phone, where as long as my earbud is connected to my phone, it doesn't lock. Which I know for security reasons is horrible, but I don't care. <laughs> Um, I have my phone on my person 99% of the time, so the likelihood of anyone getting information off of it without my knowledge is going to be great or grand, but it doesn't matter. I mean, like my oldest son, I made sure his fingerprint would unlock my phone. My wife, I made sure her fingerprint would unlock my phone too. So, oh, that's a good point. That's, yeah, I should make sure know. that uh, my wife can access my phone as well. Maybe I don't. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We all make our own choices. None of them are wrong. 
but we all make our own choices. Yeah, maybe that we'll stay away from that for a while. Um, I'm not commenting. <laughs> well, I found an app the other day. I managed to find one on the Play Store. This app is called um, Four Stroke Auto Engine Educational VR 3D. Now, don't let the name fool you. This is not a three a VR uh, application. It's one that will work uh, straight off the phone. You don't have to set, have a set of VR goggles. But the reason I became interested in this particular app is because my young daughter is um, interested in pursuing a career in mechanical engineering, and I wanted to. I sent her this app with with the, um, the request for her to have a look at it because basically what it does it explains in in great detail. Not great detail, but it explains in a fantastically graphic, graphical way the workings of the internal combustion engine. Um, it does it. I'll just give you a few details on the app first. So it's last updated in May 2019, which is a while ago now, but it still um, works pretty well. It's got over a million installs. Uh, it requires Android 4.4 and up, current version 1.94. Current rating is 4.7 uh, out of 5, so that's good. Um, and I wanted to show uh, like a screen screen share of this, so I'll just um, share my screen and, and you can see the um, see the app in action because it really is quite impressive. Uh, so can you see my screen there, Dor? Not yet, and it's coming. So it starts off with a splash screen of how to use use the the app. It's it's quite um, quite quite easy. I can zoom in on the app and it's showing basically for people on audio, it's showing uh, a like a car in an x-ray view showing just the components of a car um, so you can zoom in on, on the car you can turn it around uh, full 360 degrees you can go up and down uh, and basically it's got a, a bunch of um, uh, menu options down the bottom so the first one is, is engine and it can zoom in on the engine I'll show you the uh, the workings of the engine you can zoom uh, so that that's that's the engine then you can go into the cylinders it shows you how each of the cylinders work. It goes into the operation of the cylinders. Another explanation there on the side as to what, what's happening in the picture. So you can see the uh, the valve is pushing up, pushing out the exhaust fumes. Um, and then you've got uh, another example of uh, oh, this, uh, this shows what happens on the first stroke. So we get the fuel that gets in, injected into the chamber. And we go into the second one and it gets pushed up and, and exploded. And then the third stroke comes back down again from the explosive force. And uh, you end up with the exhaust fumes being pushed out again on the fourth stroke. Um, got an option down here at the bottom. You can you can draw things on the screen, so I can go and draw around or highlight certain parts of the um, of the diagram. So that's quite a good option uh, if you're trying to show other people. Uh, you can add labels, so it shows you all the labels that uh, of the components, what they're called. Change the uh, the size and, and font of the labels, etc. Um, you've got different English, you've got different language versions you can try. Uh, it's got a manual on how to use the app itself. Um, I was very, very impressed with um, the the production values. Even though it's a, it's a pretty, it's an old one, um, I was very, very impressed with the production values of the app itself. And I was quite impressed as a as a learning aid for young people to understand how the actual internal combustion engine actually works. Because uh, I don't really understand it myself. I saw this. Now another cool thing it has here is, is a quiz. Um, and it shows you the the diagram of the of the vehicle. And if you want to find the differential gear, you have to select uh, the component on here. Maybe the differential's there. No, that's not right. Uh, no, that's not right. <laughs> uh, that's not right. <laughs> so you go through it, and obviously you can do abysmally um, until you know where all the different components of the engine are. Obviously, I need to do some work on that. 
if you if you got someone who's uh, keen on um, keen on internal combustion engines or wanting to learn how to be a, a mechanic, then um, this seems to be a great great little app for them to spend some time with. It, and this is the kind of app I'm okay with it not being updated frequently because how often does it change? I mean, how often does a engine change? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that and I'm and I'm completely shocked at the quality of the application. Yet it's free, yeah. and there's no in-app purchase and no in-app yeah, absolutely free. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I have my sister-in-law's soon-to-be husband kid wants to be a mechanic. Um, when he gets older, um. He can't hear out of one of his ears, so he can't go into the military. So he said, I want to be a mechanic. Uh, they only have eye devices because, you know, they're fascist people. <laughs> fascist. I digress. Um, but, 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 but then their neighbor is a, uh, a truck driver, owns his own trucks. Um, and one of the presents they got for him for Christmas was literally a see-through engine that you put together by hand and crank and see how everything runs. This is the perfect kind of companion app for me to show him because they're in the Android house because they don't trust fascist people. <laughs> they also homeschool when they're a little paranoid about government. But Do I they own guns? <laughs> Between them all, yes, many guns. Because here's, here's, here's the dirty secret about America. Are you ready? Um, we own more guns per person than any country in the world. But So everyone thinks all Americans own guns. Nope, nope, nay, nay, not true. Most Americans don't own guns. Over 80% of Americans don't own guns. 1% of Americans own 100 guns. They own all the guns. <laughs> That's why we have more guns than people in the United States, because we have people that go gun cuckoo crazy. You know, we like big cars. We like monster trucks. We want big pools in our backyards. And then some people want to open a door up and Matrix style have enough for Armageddon. Oh, I can certainly understand that sentiment. Well, and I'm not one of them, because me and my wife know. If we had a gun, one of us would have been dead by now. <laughs> the old Ricky, and the odds Ricky are, Gervais um, bit was about, um, if, he had a, if he had a gun, there'd be um, you know, quite a lot of things he would have given up about right now. He'd be dead. Because <laughs> yeah. he can't handle life. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. You know, every, and, but, but here's the thing. I'm okay with everybody else in the world owning a gun. Just don't point it at me. That's all I want. Okay? Um, well, let's not get into the gun debate. Honestly, I know. Well, there is no debate. In here, everyone should have a gun. Like, like Oprah handing out cars. You know what I mean? When you go register to vote, here's a gun. You're the hunter shopper today. Have a gun. You know, that's, that, that's the American way. Um, this app, again, I just can't say it enough. I, or I am shocked at the quality of application, yet free. You know, blows my mind. And, yeah, permissions, nothing. Yeah. Which is the way it yeah. should be. Yeah. Um, okay, now, my app I'm going to bring is a totally different kind of app. The good thing about it is it is completely free and there is no in-app purchases and it is a free app and there is no ads, but that's where the similarities end. Um, the way I'm going to say this in as nice of an American fashion as I can, this is an Indian centric app that if it becomes popular, I'm sure will be available everywhere around the world. It is called Geo Meet, J-I-O Meet, M-E-E-T, um, by Geo Platforms Limited Communications, E for Everyone. No in-app purchases, no in-app ads, uh, free to download, uh, no current ratings on the thing, uh, updated October 26, 2021, 72 megs in size, 100,000 plus installs, current version 3431, 5.0 Android and up. Definitely going to need some permissions the way I'm going to put it. Um, it wouldn't shock me if this application is uh, Jitsi Meet taken down from the internet and then recompiled to be their own product. 
and that's not a diss. Gypsy Meet code is available for anyone to copy and download and reproduce video conferencing solutions. Okay. The, how this one is at least a little bit different to me. This is a one-on-one voice, video, or text platform, or you could literally have rooms or, or, or a, um, a conference rooms with a hundred people in it at once. So you can literally have a hundred cameras going at once and having like a free for all conference. Um, currently I'm pretty sure this is only available to again, Indian centric devices, but I do picture it within time. It should become more available. Um, so this is the, the kind of thing. If you want to literally have a conference, a video conference in your pocket with hundred people, then you're going to need this kind of app. Yeah. It's the, it's the future, isn't it? Um, India is underestimated. Uh, and they come out with mass um, products that used, can be used by a lot of people at the same time. Uh, and for, if you're looking for something like that, then um, why not why not try it? Yeah, and um, Co- Corona withstanding, they are going to be the number one most populous country, the number one most populous economy in the world. It's only a question of how long it's going to take. And there's so many interesting things coming out in terms of their um, software development, um, their hardware manufacturing capabilities. Is, um, it's really uh, developed a hell of a lot since the since early days. And it was really just considered yeah. a third country I, back back. With, with yeah, back I want to say starting in the late. I want to say starting in the late nineties, um, they made it to where everybody graduating high school had to have a JavaScript yeah. Um, yeah. class. Uh, in, in America, you still are not required to have any computer education class. Now, my oldest son is in some kind of really bad technology class um and i ask him what he's learning and he tries to show me and it's like this is boulder dash this is useless this is junk oh i think we call it bush league my um son my older sons when they were in high school they were learning things like excel and word and powerpoint really learning a hell of a lot about computers themselves they were just learning how to use the software how to be a drone which didn't really impress me very much right yeah um so yeah have you actually signed up for that geo can't not compatible with any of my devices. Not compatible, or it is? Not compatible with any of my devices. Yeah, that's what usually shows up when um, it can't be used in your country. But can I'm not sure if it can be used. Well, I mean, it, it made it very clear that it is made in India. And oh, it says so. at the bottom here, we only support Indian mobile numbers. Hmm. Keep an eye on it, because I think definitely we'll um, see more from, this, from, this, uh, from Indian developers, particularly like this. Makes sense. Yeah, and people... Yeah, and people are always looking for alternatives from, you know, Facebook or whoever. And I have to say, every single Indian person I've ever met or ever worked with has been absolutely fantastic. They're just nice uh, people. All but one. There's one guy I like to choke. <laughs> ah, like There's to always one guy, isn't there? <laughs> bounce his head off the concrete. But everyone else, yeah, you're right. Golden. Hard yeah, work. Great people. Okay. Um, well, I've got another F-Droid app here. And this is one I tried out with my brother earlier today, just to make sure it worked all right. And I wanted to get your view on this one, uh, Dor, because I wasn't too sure about the security aspects of it. So it's called Pushy. Um, it's a temporarily secure password sharing app. So if you want to share your Netflix password or whatever password with a friend or relative, you can just uh, put it into this uh, application. It will allow you to set expiry for the URL. basically creates a URL that that person can go to and view the password um, and it shows up as being blurred when they when they open the website and then it doesn't become unblurred until they click on it and they, they want to see it. Um, you can set the number of days till it expires. 
uh, or the number of views till it expires, so or a combination of the two. Uh, and that's really, again, a very simple utility application that uh, can help make your life easier. But I wasn't too sure about the security aspects of it. And I know it does use the clipboard. So when you um, when you enter the the, uh, the password, it'll copy it to your clipboard, and then you have to share it uh, from, from your clipboard. Um, yeah, be keen to get your view. Well, I'd say, first off, I don't like the fact that it uses their website um, to basically host, in air quotes, the, the password. Um, if it is absolutely 100% sure it's only going to be able to be shown once, that helps. But that doesn't mean that the website itself is not logging anything, is the way I'll put it. Um, so when it gives you the URL, do you know if it's P-U-S-H-I-E dot something? Uh, yeah, hang on. Let me just check. URL used earlier today. HTTPS um, PWPush.com. Okay. Yeah, password pusher is what it's called. So it looks like it might not even be using its own. Okay, so push E in Google, in um, F-Droid, it looks like it might be just a layer on top of pusher password or passwordpusher.com. Or a website. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I know, but here's the thing. Um, doesn't mean it's inherently bad that it's a website. It would be much better if it's peer-to-peer like signal type communications, but that would then mean you would have to be a little bit more careful about how you connect to people. Um, and see, so then what, what we would need is we would need both of these to be independently audited by third parties, pwpush.com independently audited and pushy independently audited just to be sure that nothing is being bad. So here's what I do. If you want to be hundred percent sure that you're hundred percent safe, what I would do is I would hypothetically, the password is podnuts123, podnuts123. I would literally, in one application, send podnuts123, and then via a text message, say that plus podnuts123. I would literally split the password into two different pieces if you're not feeling 100% safe with whatever platform you're using. Because I honestly do that now with my wife. Whenever I send her password, I always tell her, she knows email is the primary, text is the secondary. So I literally email her the first half of the password, and I send her via text message the second half of the password. I imagine this would be useful to someone who's email may have been compromised already so they don't want to use the email or their um or their phone or well or their or their uh, laptop so they if they're on their phone they can provide a new password to tech support or something like that securely um but yeah i suppose it's got a limited use case but i thought it might yeah, quite a bit more assurance it is definitely in yeah it is definitely interesting what i don't understand is why on pwpush.com you would want to set the ex- expiration to 90 days and 100 views yeah, yeah. If you if you're sending something with 90 days and 100 views, it's really not that secure. You might as well post it. Yeah, on Twitter. Well. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I thought it was a good app for just to, what I've been talking about in terms of the simple, basic apps that are, uh, provide point solutions for people at points in time. Right, and I'll say the other honestly good thing about that app is it's obscure. If someone's trying to target you to get your information, they're not going to inherently know. Well, let's look at pushy. Droid apps. Not many people know about them. Yeah, true. Um, the app I'm going to bring here, um, it comes with a caveat. It, it comes because it's actually kind of a news story, not because I'm ever going to install this and not because I'm encouraging anybody on the face of this planet to install this app. But uh, Facebook, like a year ago or so, maybe now two years ago, said that they were going to come out with their own cryptocurrency. And the split second they did, the entire like Congress went completely nuts, bonkers on how they can't, they can't be trusted, they can't be trusted kind of thing. I'm neither here or there on can you trust Facebook. 
I don't trust Congress. I mean, hell. Um, so what I'm going to say is, so instead of doing their own cryptocurrency, they're kind of making their own bank. Now, if I stop and ask you which one's more dangerous, I'm going to guess it's actually the bank. So what it is, is Novi, N-O-V-I, looks nothing like the Facebook icon, says it's developed by Meta Platform Inc. So moving forward, when they want to hide what they're doing, they're going to call it Meta Platform Inc. Because there's no, there isn't a grandparent or a 10-year-old that's going to think Meta Platform, that's Facebook. You know, only the people that know, kind of, kind of like Google with Alphabet. You know what I mean? When they don't want to say Google's doing it, they say, well, no, this other company's doing it. Um, it's under finance, E for everyone, uh, 167 reviews, uh, free to download, no ads, no in-app purchases, uh, 4.1 average reviews, updated January 10th, 2022, size varies with device, already 50,000 installs, current version 9.0.0.2.470. This thing has been iterated a lot, or they bought it from somebody and started to iterate it, uh, 6.0 Android and up, uh, Again, E for everyone, and it's going to need every bit of access to your phone as it could possibly get, as it looks like. Location, camera, storage, photo, media, files, contact, network, yeah, everything. Um, So this is going to allow you to, an air quote, send money from one Facebook user to another. So it's basically using Facebook as the protocol, as the platform, as the account system to send money back and forth. Facebook money or regular money? Money, money. Well, you're going to send regular money. But if I send it to you, it's going to be translated to your local monetary system. So even though I'm sending U.S. dollars, you're getting whatever you guys use. If I send it to Japan, they're going to use another one. If I send it to Germany, they're going to use their own system. Um, so, yeah, it's them basically being the international intermediary of sending money as long as you're both on Facebook. Well, that sounds frightening. I don't like anything about this whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I mean. The only time I could see using it is if an advertiser says they want to give us, you know, $6,000, but it's only available via Navi. I suppose then, then I might use it makes it. sense for trying to keep Facebook customers using Facebook. And, oh, did you have a look at the permissions? Oh, yeah. It's everything. Everything. Yeah, right. Everything. Access to your firstborn. <laughs> access to your underwear drawer. Everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and here's what my belief is. All this reaction from Facebook saying they're going to do a cryptocurrency, now doing this, doing their own, like, banking uh, transfer system is them just reactionary trying to catch up to um like the WhatsApp ecosystem where I believe was it WhatsApp? There's one in Japan and China where you do everything in it. Weibo, I think. Um... Gotcha. That's the one. Yeah, where it, it's them just trying to keep up with that because there are other platforms in other countries where you do everything. You order food, you tip somebody, you send money, uh, you do all that inside of that one app. So it's it's, it's them just trying to keep up with other countries. Um, banking prospects is the way I'll put it. Yeah, I do seem to remember when I was still using Facebook so many years ago, there was an option to send people cash th using their app, using the Facebook app. I think I tried to send my son some money for his birthday using the Facebook cash app um, function, but uh, it didn't work. It went through went through my bank, but he never collected it at the other end. I don't know if he get the email or something. But <laughs> and it wasn't long after that that I, um, I gave up. Yeah, and like their tagline is, Novi from Facebook is a new digital wallet that helps you send and receive money internationally, instantly, securely, and with no fees. So you can help you launder money. Yeah, because um, Red's just made a good point in the chat there that said most likely there will be a fee collected for charging currency too. So if they're not charging the user the fee, who are they charging? 
Nobody. They're getting information and selling. It must be someone clipping the ticket somewhere, though. Don't, they don't need to. They're stinking rich. They're gonna, no. If, well, maybe to start off with, but if they get enough uh, volume, so if they get 10 million people a day using it, they're going to start clipping tickets. Guarantee it. Well, it, here's the thing. It, it probably literally costs them almost no money. Yeah, true. To do this per per like transaction. I mean, um, MasterCard and Visa are right now incredibly stressed about the future of their transaction system because they have to charge three and a half percent per transaction. And other everyone else is saying we can do it for less. So, yeah, this is the kind of thing I really hope is never successful. I really hope nobody is like, you know, at a family gathering and say, well, I'll just novi you the money. I never want to hear well, that. People use Venmo if I do, I might throw something out. Well, okay, here's the thing. In America, every bank picked what their supported platform is baked into their system to where if you want to instantly transfer money back and forth. Um, my sister-in-law's bank uses Vimo. My wife's, the bank that my wife uses, her main one, uses something else. I want to say it's called Vutu or something. But So it's their own platform. Now you can transfer between the systems, but once you transfer between the systems, that's where you get dinged. Where, like my wife said, I want to say it was, um, like, I want to say it was 1% when it was over $100. She got pinged. To which I said, why don't you just go to the free surcharge-free ATM, pull the money out, and go over her house. (laughs) Yeah. But what do I know? A lot more than me, anyway. Okay, so my last app I have today is rather boring compared to uh, Novi. Um, But, again, something that I found useful. Uh, this one's called Web to PDF Nice Converter. Um, what it does, the reason I became interested in this one is um, I've had difficulty printing from my Firefox web browser in Android. So I was trying to print a, um, a document or a web page, and I could not get an option to print uh, from my Firefox browser. If anybody out there knows how to do it, <laughs> please let me know. But I had to resort to this. Um, thanks to Dorf for his uh, technical help. So this is done by Oleg Shirimet, um, is and last updated on May 26, 2021, 7 meg, 100,000 plus installs, requires Android 4.4 and up, rated for 3 plus, current version 1.5.7. Um, the options are not too onerous. It's got photos, media, and files, obviously. It wants to have a look at your storage, and it's got some network. Um, so the way it works is that basically you share the URL to the app, you have the option then to export the PDF, will then uh, convert that to a PDF file. It's got a, one, one thing I like about it, it's got a clean view mode, which um, when you click it, it takes out all the ads, strips out all the all the junk that you see in a, in a regular uh, website, and uh, we'll just show you the plain text with a couple of pictures, um, which is really good. The other thing is it's got, um, you can actually do a search directly in the app as well. So it's got options there for Google, <laughs> Bing, and Yahoo <laughs> search engines. Um, but you can just paste in your, your own uh, URL. Uh, then once you've got the URL in there, we'll convert it to a PDF. You can download it and then use your own your own file manager or whatever application you like to print it, share it to the printer or whatever. Um, there are, I think, 700,000 similar apps on the App Store like this. But this is the one I chose, and it seems to work without uh, requiring uh, too much. Um... Very cool. Um, I will say PDF is one of those open standards, and it's very careful how you got to say it because it's not open source. It isn't, you know, a GPL. It's none of that. It's an open standard. And what it means is um, Adobe, who, who makes and owns PDFs, 
they can use the open standard, but that doesn't mean if you write an application against that open standard, you'll be able to open up a PDF because Adobe can do their own stuff to it. Uh, and the more complex something is, the more likely it's going to break when it goes to another device. That's one of the things I like about this. That clean view removes all the garbage and simplifies, sorry, simplifies the web page down. The more simpler your PDF is, the more likely it's going to work everywhere with no issues. And, and the fact that it's basically saving text, because that's the primary thing you want to get out of here, text. Um, the likelihood of it not working someplace else is slim to none. I mean, it, it's just going to work. And, I, and, I, and, you know, I don't mind having ads in these kinds of apps, because these are the kind of apps that literally just load up, use, close. Load up, use, close. Not just any ads, actually. I mean, it says it contains ads, but I haven't really noticed any, any ads. I've only used about four times. So um, the other thing is, I used to use Adobe all the time. I used the Adobe Reader app, and that became so intrusive. One of my Google login ID, one of everything. This one, you don't have to sign up for anything. You just you just use it. And again, a good little point solution for. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Everyone needs these kinds of solutions from time to time. Before in Firefox, it all desktop add-ons were loadable, and I don't know when that changed. Because when I was able to, I said, just go load a thing. And when I went and tried, no. Now they have it back in Firefox to only working with a limited number of add-ons, which is a shame. Uh, yeah. Um, one thing I did try was printing from Google Chrome. Um, and, and that didn't work. Um, it, there was there wasn't at least an option to print from Google Chrome, but it didn't print out. They only printed one half of one page and then stopped. So the printing from Google Chrome's gone down, right down. I just uh, found this was um, a nice little workaround. Yeah, and what it looks like it might be taking advantage of is in both Chrome and Firefox, you have, it's called um, um, viewer mode in Chrome, and on Firefox, it's called reading mode, where it gets rid of basically all the ads and almost all of the images. It, it looks like that's what it might be taking advantage of, which is fair. Um, the next app I'm going to bring, it's not for anybody. How can I put this? This app, if you need this app, you already know you need it. You already got it. This is for if you're you don't even know it, but because your family member might be doing it. And then what I'm trying to say is um, if you have a family member that you love or care about that works for Amazon and you want to keep up to date on the internal Amazon news, I had to say that very carefully. Uh, this is basically a self-published app from Amazon to keep track of all of the things going on inside of the company of Amazon. So hypothetically, my wife worked for Amazon. I could load this app and I could keep up to date with things that could be affecting her job. You know what I mean? And I, and then you actually say to her, Oh man, well, I really hope this change to this doesn't really affect you too bad here in the future. And she'll be like, how do you know about it? You know, well, because I'm keeping up to on what is important to you. So if you have a family member or friend that has to work for Amazon or chooses to work for Amazon, uh, this might be a, a cool app to check out just to keep up with their uh, goings on in their work life. Who controls the content? Is it Amazon or the workers? Oh, Completely Amazon. Uh, from inside Amazon, uh, is Amazon, inside Amazon News is the app. Amazon Mobile LLC is the publisher. It's under social T for teen, which means, you know, not family friendly content from time to time. Uh, 62 reviews, free, no apps, no in-app uh, purchases, 4.6 average reviews, because if you give it a downvote, I'm sure they know who you are. Um, updated August 4th, 2021, 17 megs in size, 10,000 plus installs, current version 4.2.2. Finds it Android and up again, T for teen rating and up uh, permission details, location, phone, photo, media, storage, microphone, Wi-Fi, device ID. That's why they know who you are um, Wow. because, you know, 
So, wow. yeah. Whereas they force people to install it, install it as well. Well, it wouldn't shock me if you, well, there are certain, um, let me say this. There are certain grades of Amazon employees that the day you're hired, they give you a phone um, because that phone is a multifunctional scanner tool device on your nine to five. And you're obligated when you're in the office to have that device turned it's on. It's not a fire phone. I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure they ran out of stock of them a while ago. Um, now, after that, if you're out of apps, I was going to bring just a couple. Uh, I'll say this. Mindless games is the way I'm going to put it. Um, first one I wanted to bring only because it has a different catch than almost every other gaming app I've ever seen in my life. Um, this game is called Get Together a Coop Adventure. Cop Coop? Yeah, Coop Adventure by Studio Sternek Adventure. E for everyone. Completely um, no in-app ads, no in-app purchases. $3.99 US dollars. Um, no reviews. Eligible for Family Library November 9th, 2021. 175 megs in size. 50 plus installs, current version 1.0.1.8.0 Android or up. Permissions, it's going to need basically network access, and that is it. Now, this is the catch with this application. If I download it, I can't play it by myself. I have to get somebody else to play with. Okay. Now, this is not for everybody, and this is the way I put it. You need to have like a phone call set up, a voice chat set up, a text chat set up, or something set up at the same time as you're playing this game with somebody else. And it's basically a multiplayer puzzle platform where you both have to figure out stuff at, um, like if I figure out one thing, it will open up something for you that then you figure out that then opens up something for me. So it's definitely an interesting game. And it has, and the, the uh, article I read on, I believe it was Android police. Maybe was this game has a ton of hurdles to overcome before you're even playing it. One, it costs money. Two, you can't play it by yourself. Three, you got to find somebody else willing to play it at the same time you're going to play it. Four, you have to then set up a text or a voice or a video chat at the same time. And then, finally, you can start to play this game. Uh, but they said it's actually, in their opinion, worth the time. Well, I've got a uh, $6.50 to buy here. To cost. Yeah. Uh, now, only three ninety nine here. Um, the only plus is it's in the family plan. So if you have somebody in your family plan, you buy it once, you get to you get to play it together kind of thing. Um, I would definitely encourage anybody out there, do not go out of your way to buy this and then convince somebody else to go out there and buy this just to play it. Um, it's To me, it's going to be really hard to justify like nearly $10 total price in order just to play this by yourself. Or, you know, where gaming is going. I mean, surely you, you end up with, uh, you always have people who want to sit on their own and play a game, but kids nowadays... Young fellas, they're going to be um, going to be talking to each other on the on the internets and playing a game together. Why not? Yeah. Not going to say you're wrong. Um, I know my kids. Uh, they either want to play YouTube or they want to play like stupid simulator games on their Oculus stuff. But yeah, um, I want to say I have another game. Let me see. I want to make sure I'm pulling out the right one. I know, I know, that's what she said. Um, I'm going to bring this one out only because I want to say I thought I found it on a, like a free platform where it's like code is open and stuff. Um, this one is called brainstorm creativity trainer by Alexi Gregorkin, uh, tools E for everyone, uh, completely free to download. No in-app ads, no in-app purchases, 16 reviews, 4.6 average reviews updated November 30th, 2021, 5.9 megs in size, 5,000 plus installs, current version 1.0, 6.0 Android and up. Uh, permissions, it wasn't much, I believe. Photos, media, storage, because it needs to save things. Um, 
To me, this was an interesting way to sit down and go through brainstorming ideas. Um, I do think that there is a benefit to brainstorming at the same time you're brainstorming, you're actually documenting what you're doing to like follow the path maybe to how you figured out something. Um, so that's what I would say. If you want to have like visual brainstorming sessions on your Android device, I definitely encourage you to check this out. No harm in downloading it completely free. Is to solve clearly defined problems. Okay. This, uh, this little app suggests your daily topics to think about. Daily yeah. topics. Yeah. Like partial like journal thing, uh, partial brainstorm thing, partial like meta map. I like slammed into one. I noticed the developer is Russian. Right. I do believe this code was GPL'd. Dick Think thought it was. I'm sure it's fine, but um, description is not based in English, so issues with the English language. Uh, I didn't see any problems. Been using it? Uh basically just downloaded it yesterday, played with it a little bit. Uh, certainly the um, the user interface looks good. Yeah, clean. And yeah, that yeah, that was a thing that honestly drew me to it was it looked like the kind of thing while it says it's for this one task, it was so clean looking, you could probably use it for different tasks as well. Any more for us there, Dor? Uh, I have one other app, and I don't think it's worth bringing up as well. But... Even one in the, in the chamber. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say it like this. Um, the one thing I also learned, I watched a good uh, thing about um, Johnny Carson, um, and purposefully during the monologue, uh, he always made sure that there was ten times the jokes on the floor than he would say in his monologue. He believed, that means I'm only bringing the best. And he said, if I looked at the monologue and I used all the jokes up, no, 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 no. Go write me 20 more jokes. I never watched Johnny Carson. We never got it here. So I've seen the interviews he's done on YouTube clips and stuff like that, but never actually watched the whole, whole show. Well, the good news is you can watch some of them on Tubi and other things like that. The bad thing is, like the first 15 seasons, you, you can't get and the last, like, ten seasons, you can't get. Um, I be, Well, in the first seasons, I, I believe most of them were just destroyed because they didn't keep copies like they did. Uh, somewhere along the line, Johnny Carson got exclusive rights to all the content. He owned everything, okay? Um, and basically, almost all the ad revenue that came in went to him. Uh, he had the biggest paying peg deal in the history of TV at his time. So now, he owns all the content. His, um, um, you know... Um, namesake owns everything his foundation owns everything um one i would say funny thing in air quotes i learned about johnny carson was uh when he died his namesake his like um, um you know um, donated it was more than 10 i want to say they said it was more than 10 billion total dollars into skeptical and scientific causes uh amongst them when he died the um jref James Randi Educational Foundation was offering a $100,000 prize to anyone who could prove to a team of independent people that, you know, like, um, um <laughs> you can bend spoons, you can use the dousing rods to find water or any of that kind of stuff. stuff. Right. And when Johnny Carson died, the prize went from 100000 to $1 million. Have you you've seen that, uh, James, that Randi uh, video, haven't you, the James Randi video? I've seen everything James Randi has ever done. Wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, he was a beautiful magician early on in his career. Uh, his goal was to outdo um, the man himself, um, who, um, who uh, Dini, suffered a very bad neck spine injury, injury in the milk jug escape routine, decided I can't do that anymore, 
had somebody on the street say to him, look, I know you know magic. Help me communicate with my father. And that's when he realized this is a really dangerous game I'm playing. People think I know magic. So then he started to become the debunker, but he hated the name debunker with the passion. He was on shows like That's Incredible um, and other shows back in the 70s where he would literally prove to somebody, no, this guy's full of garbage. Yeah. He has no mystical ninja powers. He's dead now, he's isn't he? He died less than two years ago, is what I'm say. And if you want to know a really short, sweet story is what I'm going to say about his life, it's The Honest Liar. It's only like like an hour, 20-minute long documentary of his life. But unbelievably nice guy. Been put through the ringer his entire life, uh, but, but came out the other side nicer than anybody should have. And yeah, Yuri Geller. Oh, now the thing about Carson. Carson was a magician early in his day. So when Carson had Yuri Geller come onto his show, he literally called up James Rainey and said, how yeah, do I yeah, get him? Yeah, I saw this the other day. Was it Rogan, I think. Yeah. Absolutely um, mm-hmm. set him up and healed um, yep. him for the charlatan he is. Well, it did, but then it didn't do any good. Uh, people still believe because, it. Because, yeah. you know, well, they, yeah, yeah, because they just believed, oh, the negative cheese holding yeah, it down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One thing I, I particularly liked was um, how he revealed that um, religious healer as a charlatan using a radio uh, yes. Um, oh God, I can't remember his name, but yeah, with his wife yeah, yeah, yeah. behind the but stage, that guy, with the that ear, guy, that, that uh, charlatan is still operating at the moment. People still believe him. I know people's capacity know. to to for magical thinking to try and want to believe magical thinking always amazes me, constantly amazing. Yeah, uh, near the end, he realized, I you know, no, it doesn't matter what I do. People are going to believe what they want to believe. How about we just promote skepticism? So then he started, um, um, Tam. The Amazing Meeting, because he was The Amazing Randy. He had The Amazing Meeting, where he would just have multi-day events where people get together, talk about hard science. You know, what are things that are happening? What are things that are interesting? How can we further push science? So, yeah. it's one of those things. He did his part. I don't see anybody else doing doing it, apart from Richard Dawkins, I think. on his way out. So. Oh, yeah, he's old. Yeah, we lost Carl Sagan. Um, you know, some people yeah. like uh, Christopher Hitchens. Oh. He, listen, okay, okay, now here's the honest God truth. Robin Williams died. I cried because it was too early, too short. You know what I mean? Um, Betty White died. I didn't cry. That woman had the best damn life of any Hollywood actress ever. Okay. Christopher Hitchens died. I did cry because he was one of the smartest guys I thought who put himself out there and said, prove me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very honestly and bluntly prove me wrong. And one of the best debates he ever had, I saw was with his brother. Yes, his brother's still doing stuff. Oh, yeah, those two went at it, kind of like brothers do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but if you get a chance, look look up some of Crystal Hitchens' um, stuff on on, TV, on YouTube. He's, he's... Mm-hmm. I've watched everything he's done. I've literally sat here till six in the morning at nights just watching everything Chris Rich. A wider audience. Yeah. And, and I really wish, and I really wish I could sit down and read books. Yeah. Because it sounds like some of his books would be really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, God is Not Great, I think, is a particularly good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told my wife, you might not want to read that book. She said, why? I said, because I'm pretty sure you're going to go, you're going to take that information and use it like ammunition against people. <laughs> I think that's what he means. And you might lose some friends. why he wrote it. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and I'm like, you might lose some friends over it. Right. How do we get onto that subject? Yeah. Because uh, the hitch the, and the best thing you want to really see, sorry, the best Christopher Hitchens, look up Hitch Slap. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've seen a few of those. Yeah. Uh, master of those. Mm. Yes. Yes. And then he would just take a little sip of his uh, whiskey. Yeah. Or scotch. Yeah. 
We have a rundown of the apps. Very cool. Ah, uh, sure. Okay, so the first one we had was called Wild True Colon Learn Bracket Bracket uh, by Neva International. Uh, second one was Show YouTube Dislikes on FDroid. And then we had QPrompt, which is on GitHub. Uh, Four Stroke Auto Engine by Mosaic Education. GeoMeet by Geo Platforms Limited. Pushy, again on FDroid. Uh, Novi by Meta Platforms, otherwise known as Facebook. Web to PDF Converter by Oleg Sheremet. And Inside Amazon News by Amazon Mobile LLC. Uh, Get Together Co-op Adventure Studio Sternick. Brainstorm Creativity Trader by, uh, Trainer sorry, by Alexei Grigarkin. Grigarin. Sorry if I got that wrong. Alexei Grigarkin. Sorry, couldn't read my own handwriting. So how many got there? One, two, three, four, seven apps. It's not a bad, uh, not a bad roundup for this week. That's a good night. Well, and I'll say, if you, the listener, have apps that you would, that you like that we missed that we forgot about, even if it's an oldie and a goodie, uh, n- never hesitate. Uh, shoot us an email at aaa at podnuts.com. That's the easiest, simplest way to contact us. Do you have any uh, parting words, Ivor? Oh, um, no, not really. Just, uh, yeah, keep uh, keep Androiding. And, um, yeah, get in touch with us if you, if you really want to uh, uh, some app ideas or anything that you think is interesting in tech news. Let us know, and we'll, uh, we'll bring it to the show. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And I'll just um, summarize how I feel uh, what Christopher Hitchens wanted the end result of every communication he had with anyone is just love everybody. There's no reason not to. Take it easy, everyone. We will talk to you next week. He would love you, but he would still call you stupid to your face. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.